Jared, you know it's passion, drive, and patience. That's what actually brings home a winning trophy on the weekends, and it's also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. They've got it all. Whether into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber and not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Who's your favorites? I mean, if you had a set of Final Four right now, who you got? I'm not picking you to win the championship anymore because that's just... <laughs> it just, it just doesn't that. work. <laughs> no, I mean, I could pick you to win the regular season championship, but it, like to say, oh yeah, you're going to make the Final Four... It, there's going to be at some point it feels like a piano falling out of the sky that has nothing to do with you lands on your car and then my pick is ruined the following is a production of dirty mo media hey guys what's up welcome to actions detrimental 2024 first edition uh, we have jared uh can't even call you five purple vest 560 anymore tbd, yeah, TBD. on that right tbd till saturday at the clash and we have a special we have teammates now <laughs> so if y'all thought i got preferential treatment from the media before you don't even know because now <laughs> we brought on <laughs> jeff gluck jordan bianchi here to the dirty mo team welcome thank you welcome it's officially your first dirty mo podcast uh no i've been no on, you've been on dbc i've been on dbc i've been on dales yeah, jeff's a veteran so he's yeah. done them all we're actually going to be harder Welcome. on you, Denny, now to prove to people that we're... <laughs> yeah, we actually, that's true. Uh, that's good. You're just trying to prove a point? Yeah. Send okay. a message. That's fair. <laughs> that's right. I get it. And we do expect any Feel news or anything you have going on, you know, yeah. I mean, keep your teammates we, in mind. We can share, yeah. you know, here in the uh, Actions Detrimental uh, group here, we, we share notes, you know, that way we know what we need to talk about. And, you know, fortunately for us, at Actions Detrimental, you guys were a great asset to us anyway because we had to use you guys, or I had to use you <laughs> guys a lot to find out what are they talking about? <laughs> what do I need to look into, right? And so uh, 
we, we've got all aspects covered for you NASCAR fans uh, going forward. Uh, you got the media. They're going to have their takes right off the hot take on Sunday night, right? Yep. Mostly Sunday nights, yeah, right? We Pretty much every time. record right after the race, yep. about two hours. It's up Sunday night, first thing Sunday morning or Monday morning. Yep. And then our goal is to continue to shoot um, Actions Detrimental early Monday morning or Sunday night if we can for an early a, a try, we're going to try to do a lunch release when possible. Other times it'll be out, you know, probably early or late in the afternoon on Monday. Then you're going to have the DBC, right? You got the Dale Jr. download. You've got Dirty Modo. They, Dirty Mo Media has got you covered pretty much. See, now here's the thing, though, with these guys coming over to Dirty Mo is now it's on Travis to get their podcast up <laughs> quick so we can listen to it. Because before, mm. I don't know, I feel like mm. the turnaround was pretty quick, but now we got to wait on Travis to... Oh, yeah. Doesn't that fall on Jeff? It's on me, actually. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm the editor still, so... Oh, okay, so no, still no, got, no issues yeah. there then. Yeah. Well, welcome to the family. Uh, I, I really was looking forward to this. Uh, you're probably only the probably third or fourth guest I've, we've had on Actions Detrimental, but it's a you guys are great guests because... You're full of knowledge. So <laughs> he is. Know. I'm not. I just ride his coattails. So it's good. Mm, is that true? Please. This guy, he's like the most frustrating person. Like he's just always <laughs> like, oh no, it's all you. You're doing everything, blah, blah, blah. And he's like dropping the Bianchi bombs all the time, which I, I don't have Gluck bombs. I know. So like, you <laughs> right. know, it's just this Minnesota nice humility that I don't really buy, but it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's horrible to have a teammate that puts you first and always says, hey, you know what? You go ahead. Yeah. It's awful. Uh, everyone needs a good teammate for sure. Um, well, I mean, you know, we can preview the clash. We can talk about all season news. Um, obviously, we're taping here on Tuesday afternoon. The Netflix uh, full speed just dropped uh, early this morning. Uh, first, I mean, I, I guess I probably should step aside in this this part of things but i mean what's your what's your take jeff jordan i have not so, seen it he has oh okay i i, I don't know how to, to say this without sounding like a dick but i kind of went in kind of skeptical about it because i feel like there's been shows like the usa show right like there's all this build up for it and you're like is this really going to be good like is this going to be the drive to survive that nascar wants and needs and then i just felt like I don't know. It, it, it wasn't just the time slot either. Like it just felt sort of forced in a way, like the conversations were being recapped of something later. Like it was, it just felt like they was trying so hard. This show I think might be the greatest NASCAR content or, or up there, like definitely the greatest NASCAR docuseries. Mm -hmm. um, I, I was thoroughly impressed. Like I just thought the access that was given by the drivers. I mean, you are, in the motorhome with people in heartbreaking moments. Denny, I mean, your moment after Martinsville with your daughter, I mean, I'm not trying to spoil it for everybody, but you, you guys will see when you watch it. It's like, you are there. Like Christopher Bell, you know, is eliminated from the championship race and he goes into his motorhome and his wife's crying and like the camera follows him in. It's, there's like nothing, you, you, you don't see a moment at least where the drivers are like, no, not, not right now. Like it's, you feel like you're inside on it. And I just feel like the, it was the most authentic and real thing, like reflection I've seen of NASCAR. Like the drivers on screen, I'm like, yeah, that's who I feel like I know. Or like, that's that's my dealings with them. Like that seems mm -hmm. accurate. 
And then the way it's presented, like you, you heard all the stuff from F1 last year, like, oh, they, they sensationalize this too much. They, they over-dramatize this. This, I felt like, no, that was accurate. I mean, yeah, from what I could tell. So I, I agree with that. I, you know, my, the little I know of Ross, the little I know of William, the little bit I know of Joey, like I, I feel like everyone was portrayed as they are. I, I, I didn't see any extra dramatization, I guess I could say, of someone's character that is not real. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, from my perspective, it was uh, it's tough to watch. I mean, in the sense of, you know, I, I know how this story ends, and I know... Um, you know, how hard I want it. And my, to me, I'm not much of a crier. Okay. But I, I, I did when I watched my dad's interview because you just get a little bit more perspective of what it would mean to them. And so it's, it was a different perspective for sure that I, I certainly think that they did a really, really good job of, I'd be interested to know. I, I know Netflix really had the controls of this, but was it so different and was it so good because they were learning on the fly? So they just says, well, this is what I find interesting. So we're just going to follow that versus, you know, if it's NASCAR productions doing it, you know, they, they kind of know that, hey, this is what we kind of want to show or whatever. Right. The Netflix crew is the same type of people that this show is trying to attract, right? People who have never experienced NASCAR before. Mm -hmm. A lot of those Netflix crew guys, I think, yeah, came to the racetrack for the first time. Yeah. And I know that they used the NASCAR production. It sounded bad when I said that. They use a lot of NASCAR production in this. So, you know, I, I think they, yes. And stuff. But I think that, Netflix had the control over we're going to show the storylines that we think is compelling. Someone that don't doesn't know anything about the sport. So I think that maybe that's why Jeff, you see it as, wow, this is a lot different um, than, than what you've seen before. I just think too, like even in the interview aspect of it, like I, maybe I'm wrong, but it felt like the interviews, even with like the talking head types are, right before a race or right after a race kind of thing. It's not like, okay, let's sit down at the end of the 10 weeks and pretend like Darlington just ended and give me your reaction to this. And they're like, oh yeah, that was a huge moment when this happened. It's like, it feels like this just happened or I don't know what's gonna happen yet in the next race, this could be huge. And by weaving that all together with the footage they were able to capture, it's just it just perfectly lines up with each other yeah. and it makes you feel like you're really living in the moment. Yep. I was going to say, did you have reservations going in agreeing to do this? No. Only because I knew what uh, the potential for it was and I knew that um I knew that they were going to ask for more access than you know others have been granted before. Uh but I understand that they have a show to make, right? And sometimes wouldn't, you know, when I watch shows, it's the access that, man, I've never seen that before. That's what I find compelling. So my rule of thumb for them was the answer is always yes. Whatever you want, unless I tell you no. And I just never had an instance where I, I felt uncomfortable and told them no. So, you know, I said, you know, short of me 
you know, being naked and not having my suit on. Like, I, I don't really care. You, you know, come if if you want to follow me all the way to the bus, that go right ahead. The door's gonna, I'm gonna keep it open behind me. So, I, I just allowed them to have the access, um, which is probably why you know the screen time was probably more. And you know, I I heard and I watched it as well. And it, the producers had decisions to make right early in. They were trying to figure out who's going to win the championship with 10 weeks to go. So that's why, and I noticed at Darlington, right? They were following Joey. They were following these guys. But as they fell off, then you had the, the Christopher Bells come into the story. And was like, we didn't plan for that. Because, you know, you could argue, yeah, well, he's been to the Final Four now for a couple of years. But at the time, it he had just made it last year for the first time. So they, they were trying to catch up at the very end to, oh, here's – going to be the final four but they followed i noticed that they followed guys and in, in the beginning episodes were followed by people that perennially make the top eight 90 percent of the time right because they know that that's not going to go wasted footage that's a good point i didn't ever think about that is that they had to pick guys so again this footage isn't necessarily wasted i right. think that's the the key to this did you feel that now that you've watched it back um, going back to Jeff's question earlier, did you feel that you were portrayed accurately? Like the way you view yourself, is that kind of how you feel like you were portrayed? I do. And it's interesting. For, I, I know people are going to think, man, you got a lot of screen time. They, they didn't show a lot. There was a lot of footage that is left on the cutting room floor that I thought would make it that did not. So <laughs> is there it, anything that you're glad that did not make no, it? No, not really. But just like, some interaction with some friends, things like that. Like surprised that it didn't make it, but it's, it's probably for the best, <laughs> but, but you know, they, they were part of this ride for the whole 10 weeks. Well, really nine weeks for me. I think that's what was most, I have not seen it either yet, but I think that's what was most surprising to me upon the announcement is that being around you for the last however many weeks, um, I know how much Netflix shot of you. And the fact that this is only a five episode series, yeah. I'm wondering, like, how could they possibly have fit all <laughs> right. of that in? Like, they got to make room for right. eight other drivers. Right, right. So it, it, it was a tough balance for sure. Well, uh, Jordan, you're gonna have to catch up. Uh, you, you know, <laughs> been a little busy. Yeah, I figure you have. You just came back from Rolex. Daytona, yeah, right? The Rolex. Yep. Um, you know, you were saying how the atmosphere was just—it's crazy. I mean, they had electric. the record crowd on there. Kudos to them. And there's people everywhere. And the thing that blew me away was everybody gets garage access. And I don't know if that's a good thing or mm -hmm. bad thing, but I do know if you're trying to sell a sport to people, giving them up close opportunities to get close to everything, whether in a pre-race on the grid or garage access, you know, anytime you want, um, is, is a great way to do it. And I think you have value for your ticket. There's a lot to do. It's also a race too, where you can come watch for a little bit, leave, come back, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, it, it is interesting to see what it's like. And, you know, I'm not a car person per se. It's not my interest, but, and we hear a lot about how we're not a car culture anymore, but you go there and cars matter. Like mm -hmm. you've got the Corvette displays over here and all the car Corvette people are hanging out and the Lexus folks. And it's just, it's, it's, it's different. It's very different than what you see a lot of places. Yeah. I, same thing for me when I went to F1 and that was my, in, in Vegas, it, that was my first F1 experience. And I, I, 
I don't consider myself a car guy. I'm, I'm certainly not going out there and changing my own oil oh, right now. No. Now I used to, I can't but not now, <laughs> right? But I also found it fascinating that like, wow, look at all this technology that I would think you guys would be scared to show. It's just out there laying in the middle of the paddock. Like you're not afraid of your wing just sitting right there. Like, no, not, you know, we, there's cameras everywhere and our competitors have pictures of our stuff before we even unload. Like they, they know it's going to get taken and there's nothing you're going to see there with the blind eye that they are not analyzing with cameras and stuff anyway. So, but I was geeked out about, you know, the car stuff. Like it was about the cars, you know, when I was there. And so, um, yeah, I think that that's one thing that maybe we miss out on a little bit, but we don't have as much, I would, we probably don't have as much technology. I would say. No, not even close. Yeah, it's it's not. And it's a little, it's hard to compare because it's their biggest race. It comes in January where there's an off season and it's just, it's kind of the kickoff if you will. So there's this natural excitement and everybody wants to be there thing. Now, you know, is it, you know, you go to like a New Hampshire NASCAR race is that, you know, of course it's going to be different compared to the Rolex, but I think you compare the Daytona 500 or you compare another, you know, Coca-Cola 600 to this. it, It, there is some comparability there. Yeah, for sure. Can you explain, Jordan, what I've been seeing all over Twitter about the finish of this race? Yeah. So basically, um, someone had an itchy trigger finger in the <laughs> scoring tower. Um, and there was a, just under three minutes to go in the race. And because it's a 24-hour race, it's a time thing. And if it gets to a certain point where there's less time than a lap, they're going to they're gonna call the race. They could have gotten basically two more laps, at least one more lap in, if not two more laps in. And instead of waving the checkered white flag and then the checkered flag they waved the yeah on tv flag. they were telling us the whole yeah. time uh, there's two to go right yeah. and so they're coming off nascar turn four and i'm thinking uh, it's it, it listen it didn't affect the yeah, that's a, that's all the a, yeah. all the finishes were spread yeah. you know the first and second was spread quite a bit um but you would think like on the trigger finger if it's close you're saying there's like it's like two or three minutes like you got to err on, if anything, it's too long, not too short. Yeah, and I heard, and, and I, I don't want to, I got to be very careful I say this because this is all second, third hand, but there might have been some miscommunication between the tower and the, the You're flood. on dirty mo. You don't have to be scared <laughs> yeah, anymore. I, tried to, I don't want to throw people, I don't want to say anything <laughs> incorrect. I don't want to get me in trouble. But there could have been some miscommunication, right, of like yeah. what the tower wanted versus what actually happened. And so could that have been the thing? And at the end of the day, the flags rule everything. And if the flag yep. waves, that's, yep. the, that's the ruling, yep. so... What's some off-season big news over the last month or month coming up that y'all see in the forefront? What are you looking for? Jeff, you want to go? I, I think it's been the quietest off-season, first of all, um, maybe ever that I can remember. I just feel like I, I kept waiting for storylines or things to pop mm-hmm. up or buzz or something, and, and it just... I was so surprised how it just sort of fell off. Like, where was NASCAR? Like, and I don't know if it was that that the F1 Vegas thing came so quick after NASCAR, and then people were like talking about F1 Vegas, and then people forgot to bring NASCAR up again mm. or something. But I feel like, and, and maybe it's that silly season was just so much settled this year that none of it bled over into the off seasons. So there wasn't a lot of questions that, oh, what's we're waiting on this. I mean, you kind of were like waiting on Noah Gregson, but everybody knew that was going to happen, right? So I don't know. It was just like a really weird, like I've been very anxious to get back to the track to have like actual storylines to talk about again, because I'm like, right. what, what are we supposed to be talking about? Like, I don't know if 
it almost felt too, from like a marketing standpoint, like, are they waiting for full speed to come out and then they can really push that and try to get new fans that way and, and ramp it up. But it's just it, like January for me has felt so long, just waiting for something to talk about NASCAR wise. Cause I feel like we're still talking about last year and we don't have like a ton of like, Oh, this is going to be, I mean, yeah, Toyota Ford, new cars, but we don't really know because there's no testing preseason anymore. So I don't know. It's been kind of a mystery to me. I agree with that to some extent, though most of the big silly seed moves are always decided well before the season ends. Like we already know by Phoenix who's the big names or who are going to be where or have a really good idea. So that, that to me wasn't a thing. To me, uh, it feels like it's almost being kicked down the road a little bit, the can, because a lot of the stuff is bubbling. We had the TV deal, which was announced, which was a big thing. Um, but let's be honest, the charter thing is the next big thing in this sport. And that's the thing that feels like it's bubbling a little bit. There's nothing to talk about right now, at least publicly. No one wants to talk about it publicly, but I'll tell you what, in the next month or maybe even less, that's going to be the issue. So I feel like a lot of the things that are being discussed right now, whether it's the charter stuff, I would say the schedule for 2025, you know, Mexico, Montreal, what happens with the clash. These are all the conversations that are starting to happen if they already haven't started to happen. And so we're not really hearing about that yet, or at least not to the degree we're ready to report on it. I think these things are happening, but I think a lot of this stuff is going to come up you know, a month, two, three months down the road. Yeah. I, we, we, the team owners did have a meeting with NASCAR this, this morning. And one of the things you talk about schedule, one thing Ben Kennedy wanted to make, you know, parents that, you know, over the last couple of years with all the big changes that we had, it was pushed so late into the year, Mm -hmm. September, October. He's, you know, it sounds like they're hoping that it's going to, this is going to be a summer release thing. (laughs) I know you've heard this before. They see this every year. I know. And I I don't mean, I'm not trying to disparage them because it is hard. I mean, there's so many moving parts, but it's, they wanted to have it out last summer. They want to have it in August and then it just, you know, and it's not their fault necessarily. Yeah. And I think a lot of that probably was around one track, right? Are you going to get the deal done with Montreal? Right. With the track or not. And so that kind of held up uh, a lot of things, but it sounds like ducks are in a row a little bit more this year than, than in the past for sure. How do we feel about the new TV deal though? We haven't spoken about that and you haven't tweeted anything about it. Yeah. I mean, you know, I want to, I'll go back a little bit. This kind of falls in line with what these guys are talking about with the kind of the lull in the off season. I think a lot of this is because our season is so long. Everyone just wants to take a breath. You know, just it, it's so long and grueling that, I mean, even the race teams are just, I mean, they are checked out for a month and a half. So, you know, it's just, it's, it's just a, it's, it's hard because we don't have summer break. You know, we don't have the summer break like F1 has or, or, or what have you. We go for, what is that 39 40 weeks or something like that um and it's and it's hard and when when it's finally over everyone's just like you finally hit the couch at the end of a long day and you're just like don't talk to me i don't want to be on social media i just want to take a break from it all and that's probably why it's tough to you know get some different stories now in the contrast what not a lot of moving parts either. I think that there's probably less turnover on teams that there's ever been before. I mean, it used to be this crew chief's going to a new organization or whatever, short of the, the, uh, colleague and track house swap. Is there 
any other crew chiefs leave in one organization going to another? I, not that I know of. I'd have to go look. Not at the top of my head. Right. And, but that has been a thing that is yeah. triggered in the past. Now, the only thing that is big in our sport that has a big performance is pit crew guys. Now, they have they do move around, but we we don't hear about them as much. Um, but it is a it's certainly a big it will be a big topic in the summer where we're talking about who lost on pit road or who won on pit road. So, yeah. um, you know, that's just, uh, it's part of our sport. The, the one thing that's really unique about NASCAR, and I think it's to its detriment is you look at the NFL, you look at the NBA, they have done a really good job in their off season of having events, right? The yes. N- and the NFL has got the draft and then it's got free agency and the combine and then camp start. And it's like once a month, you, they have one thing they can circle to. Now the NASCAR off season is only two months long or about, and the free agency in NASCAR is so weird because everything is decided mid-season for the next year. But it's like come no- mid-November, come December, there, there isn't anything to like look forward to and anticipate. Yeah, well, superstars are changing teams. Yeah. Tyra Kill, he's, he's leaving Kansas City. He's going to Miami, yep. right? It's just your superstars, when the contract's up, they just, you know, we got another one. Right. It's, I'm staying where I'm at. I'm happy where I'm at. They're happy with me. And you just kind of, you keep going. It, <clears throat> it doesn't. There's not a big free agency period in NASCAR like it is in, in other sports. But also, like Jordan said, because the NASCAR season is so long that these things that happen in the NFL offseason are just packed into the yeah. NASCAR regular season, right? Like like the charter deal seems like that's something that you would discuss in the offseason. Mm-hmm. But because the NASCAR season is 10 months long, yeah, it's just a part of it. And you know, you have free agency stuff. It's like, and I get why it is. You have sponsors, you've got businesses that have to make decisions for their quarterly reports, you know, the following year, they've got to know six months in advance, but it would be great if a lot of the free agent signings of, you know, Kyle Busch is going to Richard Childress racing. They're not making that announcement in September. They're making it in December. Then people are like, Oh, and NASCAR's in the headlines again. That's a big story. The you, things like that. But again, you, you can't change it. It's, it is what it is. Yeah. People like yeah, you are trying to, to get have... it out as quick as possible. <laughs> yes, absolutely. We used to also have, you know, more stuff media wise to do in January. You know, there used to be almost, I think it was five days, right? Four or five days a of week? media tour where everybody would come and go to every shop and then you'd hear from everybody. And, you know, that's one of the things that got cut as the sport started getting smaller and stuff. But, um, it, you know, that was okay. at least something okay. to talk the, about. The sport's getting smaller. Revenue is an all-time high for See, the sport. For the sport, it feels like uh, it feels like the sport's getting smaller. If you think about the weekends getting smaller, I guess the schedule is not getting smaller yeah. itself. But then this the, is where, this is what I know, struggle with. There's no is, testing. There's no practice. It's know, expensive, in Jeff. Way. It's that's expensive for us. But I, I struggle smaller. with this because I, I I know, but the revenue would say otherwise. Show me bigger than it's though. ever been. <laughs> I mean, I, I, it's I, it's an interest. It's an interesting thing. You feel like it's shrinking, yet it's bigger than it's ever been in a financial aspect. So, how much can we cut the grass before there's no grass to be cut? Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, TEND is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com sale. That's hellotend.com sale. 
and book your free consult today. I look at, I think practice is the great way to look at this. Like I agree, I think the old model of having three 50-minute practice sessions, two on Friday, one on Saturday, plus qualifying was probably too much, right? And I understand why you wanted to trim that back. But to have, it, too often it feels like going into a weekend, it's like you don't even know there's a race sometimes or feels like there's a race. It's like, boom, cars on the track for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. They're practicing, they're qualifying. Oh, we're racing the next day. Yeah. There's no anticipation. You talk about the Rolex, right? And they had so many practice sessions. There was always different things going yep. on in the racetrack. It, there's a little bit of buildup. I, I don't need, I, there's a happy medium. What it was before was too much. What it is now is too little. But something in the middle there is just right. And yeah. there needs to be, this is a big time sport. And it is, it is expensive. And I understand you have to keep budgets and everything like that. But you got to be mindful of the fact that you still have a product to do. Like NFL teams aren't cutting back on what they're offering fans in terms of of on-field action like you, and, we've reduced on-track content yeah for sure and i don't know and that's not a good thing because that is what you're selling yes and so if you're trying to sell a sport you're now taking less inventory and trying to sell them how, how do you do that I, I don't know the answer to that um it has to be financially viable for the teams to yeah. do it i mean that's just yeah. the bottom line or else you're going to have one or two teams drop out of business every single year if we if we had to do full practice the, the Friday, the Saturday, the Sunday. Let's just rewind the schedule pre-COVID, you yeah. know, ni- 2019. There's no way 2311 would be able yeah. to sustain. And there is absolutely no yeah. way. Because of, you know, what we budget for sponsorship revenue versus what we get from NASCAR, it just doesn't, it will not make sense. So now what NASCAR has done and says, okay, okay, y'all can't afford it. We're not, you know, we're going to just help you guys save save money all while revenue has continued to go up. So that's, you know, that probably will be the sticking point, I, I think, in the future um, and probably part of y'all's storylines. But, you know, we got to let it play out. You know, we certainly, uh, you know, I can't speak for the TNC. They're the ones who, uh, who have been in the in-depth negotiations and sitting in rooms with, you know, NASCAR for hours on end, right? Um you know, but I, here we are in the 11th hour again, right? And, you know, we tried to start these conversations two years ago and just, it's been just delay, delay, delay. And then now here we are, we, it, we're, we're at the end of the rope. So it's, um, it's just an interesting and it's a tough spot to be in. You know, NASCAR just signed this new TV deal, which, you know, we, it, it sounds great. I, I, you know, until we know everything about it, we don't really know, you know, how it all flows and everything. So, I think um, you know it, it. There's certainly some work to be done, right? Um, do I believe we are closer to a deal now than 12 months ago? I don't think so. I mean, I don't think so. Um, but but then again, it just takes time, right? It just takes meetings, right? You you got to get in a room like they're doing to try to uh, you know iron out a deal. But it's gonna you're gonna have to have people willing to uh, that that make the ultimate decision, be in the room to say yes or no right but right now it's just you know you're, you're delivering the mail to the mailman he's giving it to you know, the other <laughs> owner and he'll make some notes and send it back to the mailman and then we we get it's just we, we we gotta we gotta iron it out for sure because we i think the sport's gonna have some great momentum um you know from this netflix documentary i think the daytona 500 is always a big one uh that that will always have great pub to it and you want to have positive you know pub 
for for your sport, right? So I think that the tone can be set early on in the year. You know, if we can get this thing done to then have a positive start to the season. So are you worried about what? About it not, you know, it's it's dragging on longer than you wanted. It's like, you know, you said it's the 11th hour. Like, should should fans be worried about this? Is it just going to sort itself out? I think, you know, it, it usually always sorts itself out in the end, right? It, it has historically. Um, so I, I would see no reason why it, it wouldn't now. Um, but, you know, it's just been a very, very slow-moving turtle to this point. And um, certainly we did not want to wait till this this late, right? And we've already had to extend once and so i think that um you know we we try to have those conversations early but they they didn't know what the media landscape was going to be now they figure that out i think they're in a much better position to uh certainly uh transfer that information into what would be a fair equitable deal for both sides so you sound pretty confident then i i mean (laughs) i hope so i mean i it's gonna uh, get done. It's. Hey, I mean, it just has to kind shirt? of. Shirt. It's positive vibes only here. <laughs> yeah, we're not gonna be negative, Nancy Denny Downer. It's positive. All right. Um, okay. So let's let's move on from that. Um, you know, let's just keep it positive because I think you know, in the end, both sides will will come to. Uh, it's in everybody's best interest. You, you betcha. You betcha on that for sure. Um, what else have we got here on the list there, Jared? I mean, we got a race coming up. Yeah, we've got the first race of the season this weekend. The Clash in, in L.A. How do we... Hey, I, you know what? I want to go back one thing. Sorry. I You were talking about the grid access, and this brings me to what was... It, it got a little blip on the media radar there for a little while, and people were talking about social media. Joey's comments about our fans being, you know, a little too spoiled... I think it was taken a little bit out of context. It's certainly not what he meant. He he just meant that, hey, you know, our fans have a ton of access. Compared to other sports, absolutely. Compared to other sports, we have a ton of access, right? And so where do you guys stand on that? Because it is such a hard topic because I think about it as well, and it's like, are we over, are we too accessible or and oversaturated, or do we need to go the other way? and be more. I, where do you guys stand on that opinion? So I, I kind of see it two ways. I don't know that everybody needs to be in the garage and on pit road in people's workplaces, right? Like this is essentially people are preparing for a race. They're getting their pit boxes set up, you know, everything, you know, I don't know that that needs to be like where everybody is, is allowed to gather. Um, I, I think that's, fine if that's still sort of like a VIP area, but I could also see the appeal of like, Hey, can we get the drivers outside the track more? You know, there used to be, and and they, they still do a good job, you know, of, of trying to do like the, the NASCAR race day experience and, and the stage and stuff. But, um, it, it feels like still, you know, the fan zones aren't quite as robust as they used to be when you'd have drivers going to haulers all the time. I mean, I think there used to be a time when, if you were a fan and you went to a race weekend, you're like, if I really want to meet my driver, I know he's doing this appearance mm-hmm. at this store. He's going to be in the fan zone here. He's going to be at his hauler here if I buy his merch or whatever. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but like, is it obvious as a fan now? Like, if I want to meet X driver, I'm going to have that chance. And, and maybe that's not, no. maybe that is yeah. entitlement. 
but it doesn't seem like that's the case. I don't know they need to be in right in the middle of everything though, if that makes sense. I, yeah, but Jeff, what I'm saying, I don't think the drivers are saying no. It's it's the reason, you know, when I used to chase my favorite drivers when I was younger, when they came to Richmond, my mom had a list of Davey Allison's going to be here, Alan Quickie's going to be here, Bill Elliott's going to be here, Dale Earnhardt's going to be here. And they she had a list of an itinerary. And I mean, I'm telling you, these lines were three hours long at minimum. I mean, that it just took forever. The, the fandom was amazing back then. But we would schedule out the entire day of, we're going to be able to hit four drivers today, right? Um, but a lot of that was circled around, they weren't just sitting in a parking lot signing autographs. They were at, you know, for, for Davey, they were at their, at the gas station, right? And, and you know, Dale Earnhardt was at a, at a dealership. So it's just, it's, it's the activation within the sponsor, right? And do they, how do they activate the sponsorship that they actually have? That's probably why you see less of uh, sponsor, you know, driver appearances because it, the the sponsorships are pieced together. It's, well, that, that was going to ask you that. So, I mean, it's NASCAR the way it is now. You have I don't know how many different sponsors on a lot primary sponsors, right? Mm -hmm. um, is that part of it? When before, like you had almost one sponsor for the entire year. So, right. like, and and honestly, multiple years, and they could get behind you, and they knew this was our guy, and we're going right. to push him hard. Now it's like it, these. A lot of these deals are thrown together sometimes mid-season. Yeah, they just they the sponsor the new ones that come in they just dip their toe yeah. in it, right? Like to see is this going to work for us or not? It's you know, um, you know one probably successful is like you know Mavis on our car, right? And they they dipped their toe in last year, and then you know this year you're going to see a national commercial played probably a lot, right? And they increase their races, and so um, you know, it certainly that's the kind of activation that we see. We see if you if NASCAR went to a commercial, I would say you'd see no less than three drivers in that course of that two and a half minutes versus, you know, in, in different commercials. Um, but that costs money, right? And the sponsorship has to budget not only to be on the car activate at the racetrack, but then activate outside the racetrack as well. And that there's just, there's only so many sports dollars and there's so many options to spread that around now. So that, again, just goes back to the money issue, right? If it's a bit more affordable for sponsors, then you have one sponsor that's probably on the car for a handful of more races. Yes. And then they can create these, you know, strategies right. and, and marketing around a particular driver. Yeah, it, it is. You know, but it's, you know, sponsorship is such a large percentage of our revenue. So if, you know, if you lose one substantial sponsor, that team is looking to cut all it can. And what you've seen over the last 15 years is a lot of cutting, right? So, and it's, and it's, it, it, you go out of business or you cut, you pick one or the other, but there hasn't been an offset in the NASCAR revenue to, to help with that. And so, um, that's, that's kind of why you've seen, while it feels one way, but is actually another. Okay. So from my view, it feels like, well, the just. You, you said it's not true, but it feels like, oh, the, drives, the drivers don't want to do as much as they used to or whatever, right? Because I asked, I asked Harvick about this last year in his like retirement press conference thing. I was like, are, are you busier now than you used to be? Or like, you know, because you have, it's, it's different obligations, right? And he said, you know, back then when you guys had to really go all over the country and testing and all way more appearances and all that stuff, like you were flying a lot more, you were gone from home a lot more. 
like he said, that was harder than it it is now. Yet, you know, now your your time has been replaced probably by looking at data or going to sim sessions or stuff like that, maybe. But he said it's still not, you know, to the degree it was. But so then if the, if there is some sort of willingness on the driver's part to do more and there might be some extra time, who is responsible for getting that back? Like having the driver or asking the drivers to do more or, or telling the drivers there could be this opportunity is it all on the activations or is there another way to bring some of that back? Well, I mean, it's no secret, right? They're, they're going to do this driver incentive program, right? It's like the PIP and, and golf. Um, they're going to incentivize, you know, the drivers to go out and help promote the sport. It's going to be, it's essentially NASCAR's marketing, um, uh, you know, strategy, right? They're, they're going to pay the drivers who have good, big platforms and even guys that don't, you know, uh, to, to go out there and, you know, they're going to create some sort of, I don't know, ranking system and there, you know, you'll get a, a, some sort of multiplier depending on what your stature is in the sport. Um, and they're going to, they're going to pay guys and they're, so they're going, they're going to incentivize drivers to try to do more. Right. And when they get a request to go to, you know, Illinois to, you know, go do a media block or something, you know, they're likely going to have more drivers say, I'll do it. Right. Because it, you know, they'll be rewarded financially for that. So you is think it, that you that think new, that drivers that, will respond? That's not news to you. No, no, I've heard it. I'm just, I'm curious. I'm, it's a good idea in theory. I'm just curious if it's actually. I, I agree in theory. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, is I, you know, I don't know the particulars necessarily. I've heard about it, but I'm, I'm curious yeah. to see if it's enough incentive to. And I only listen. I I only speak on it because I think a NASCAR executive actually said that we're we're going to do that, right? Yeah. So I don't think this is yeah, secretive. No, no. I mean, it's anyway. it's. I think it's pretty common. Yeah. yeah. How, how how do you feel about it? Because you're in a different situation than a lot of these drivers. You have stake in the sport through owning a team, right? So you naturally want to see the sport grow, mm -hmm. and um, you know, like that's all that's all good for you. But what about a driver who's may just be here to race? on Sunday and then, you know, may not have plans to stick around the sport after they retire. Like, well, how much, you know, how much incentive would you need if you were that type of person? Well, I, you know, I heard Kyle Larson's statements, uh, not too long ago, right? He said, well, half the dirt late model field makes more than half the cup field and, or, or the top guys, mm -hmm. I, I guess in dirt late models. And he's not wrong. No, he's not wrong. And that is, that they, is out of man, whack. They sell a lot of merchandise over there. They, they do crazy numbers. Yeah. I mean, don't even get me going on merchandise. That whole model, you know, got broken. A, a lot of this just came from a lot of greed for a lot of long time, right? And there was some tracks or some, you know, NASCAR. Everyone had a hand in, you know, how this thing all, you know, crashed at once. And then it's slowly building itself back up. Um, but yeah, that was, uh, so he says that. And so what hopefully this program will do right is that I don't know, let's just say michael mcdowell right who probably doesn't make a huge salary i think he'll say that publicly he is incentivized to do more for the sport because he probably could make more or as much in this new driver incentive deal so uh, if he works hard i mean if he, if he does enough it, it will take him a lot to do but um I think certainly he, you know, a person like him would be more incentivized to, uh, to go out there and do it. So as a team owner, I say, okay, I get it. And 
I agree with Jordan. In theory, it seems like a good idea, um, but it's you know we also need the drivers as well. Um, you know we sell assets to sponsorship that you know we're going to have the drivers this X amount of appearances, and um, you know we just don't want that to be a conflict of hey our drivers raising his hand to go do this NASCAR thing to help them sell tickets instead of servicing our sponsor that needs you on that same day. So that's kind of the push pull that you'll, you know, that, that could happen. Should we move on and talk about the clash this weekend? I know we kind of went down this road, like we have a race this weekend and somehow got off track, but we do have a race this weekend. We do. We do. Um, it's so interesting with the clash because I, I understand, like, I think the first year at LA was awesome. I thought we all thought it was, I feel a lot about LA the first time is how I thought Chicago was going to be. I was, oh, this is going to be a show. Like, this track is stupid. Like, it, but then watching it as I, you know, I fell out, I think I had a mechanical problem the first year. And then I was sat in the stands for the last half of the race. I'm like, it's pretty damn electric, right? And then the ratings back that up. But just, over time, right? It just then you it starts to get repetitive. And the second year, I mean, still there was a gain in the ratings, um, which is a good thing over what probably the last clash was uh, when it was at Daytona. Um, but I don't know. I just feel like, generally speaking, do you take one from the other? So maybe the clash is better ratings wise, but. The Clash used to be at Daytona, and the storylines that came out of the Clash, that the Super Speedway Clash, was that that guy is that they're going to be strong for the 500, right? There were so many storylines that came out of the Clash, and I mean, this just goes back into the you know we're we're just the, the on track content is not as much. I mean, we hit the track for the very first time. We're qualifying for our biggest race. There's no buzz. There's no lead up. There's nothing. no anticipation. There's nothing. No, yeah. That is, I'm sorry, but that is just not a good strategy whatsoever. I don't know how it has now passed for two years in a row. Um, but it, it is what it is. And even as a team owner, I'm like, well, I mean, even you just, if, if I got to parade my car around the racetrack, the 23 and 45 for a couple laps, just to, Get the hey, the fluids are good. We're we we got no leaks. Whatever you guys aren't drafting because we're not wrecking, right? We're not gonna wreck these things. You got it. We gotta have some sort of buzz leading up to right. And so I'm wondering, since there's no correlation between the clash and the 500, does the 500 then suffer slightly because of the lack of buildup? Well, so I, it's funny you should say this. I'm working on a story this week for the Athletic um, that you can read, and, and conversation I've had though is is on the TV side. They like having the clash where it is because it's a mm-hmm. great buildup for them. They, they they hype it. It's in L.A. Yeah, and great it, market. It, it, great market. I, I and it. then it can push the Daytona 500 where, you know, Daytona 500 qualifying or the duels aren't necessarily going to do that. But it gives them some storylines from that and they can start to sell the sport that way. Um, yeah, but but the clash was always just we, we stayed down there. Yeah. Right. Was it? The clash was the Sunday before the 500. Right. So the whole week. But now, yeah, you can have the clash. It's over with. But then you got the Super Bowl. And I hate to say it, but you're you're just not. You've moved on from the clash and has no relevance until we're going to go watch Daytona 500 qualifying. So let me ask you this. If you 
what would you do with the clash next year? Let's say we're three years in LA. I think we can all agree it's probably I don't want to say run its course, but we, you've kind of got the juice out of that lemon, right? And so, where can you go get another lemon and start squeezing from? Where you're going to move that race to? Hmm. What, what can you do with it? Because I don't know if moving into Daytona is going to do. Uh, what, you know, I, I know. So where where what do you do with that? Because you're not going to get rid of it, by the way, because that's built in the new TV contract for TV inventory. So you're going to have a race of that you know caliber. What do you do with it? I think also part of this question is yeah. what is the goal of the clash? Like, what are you trying to get out of the clash? Let me just generally speak an exciting exhibition race that builds up anticipation for your biggest race of the year. I, that's just a very broad statement. I don't know how you achieve all that. Jeff, you got any ideas on this? Where, where should it go? Well, I think part of the problem is I, this hit home to me the other day. I, uh, I'm a Broncos fan and it's, it was like 26 year anniversary of the Broncos winning that Super Bowl against the Packers or whatever. Right. And I'm like, what do you mean? It's the anniversary. We're in late January. And I was like, Oh yeah. You know, before the NFL season was as long as it is now, um, it was done in late January. You didn't have this problem of the Super Bowl almost being on President's Day weekend. So I think that's made it really complicated, right? Because now you can't have Daytona 500 qualifying on Super Bowl Sunday, which is the weekend before. Um, so that's why they've had to sort of move that. And then it's like, well, we can't have the clash Saturday night before the Super Bowl, maybe. So let's move that and have a week. So that really, the NFL really makes it very challenging in that aspect because um, I don't, you know, it's not like you, you're not going to move the Daytona 500 date. So if you want to have that as your firm date, I, I don't really know what you do there. But I do think that the Clash Stadium concept has shown that, that you can create buzz at that time of the year. You can sort of remind people that NASCAR is starting. The LA thing, I think, you know, the Coliseum, it, it feels like it's worn off a little bit. I mean, I haven't gotten down there yet this week, but just doesn't feel like it's that same buzz that you guys were talking about. Um, but that's probably year three of any event. So, you know, if you can take it to another stadium, you can find something. I mean, I think people would watch it and um, I think there's something to be said for it. I, I just don't know what the right thing to hit on is. Cause it's not like the racing's amazing there. It's just sort of more of a spectacle of like, Oh yeah, NASCAR back. Here's like this little, you know, this little Good appetizer. Track. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I, I, I left 2311 shop late last night. Uh, they were, you know, finishing up one of the cars. And actually, the crew guys were like, we like the warm up. It, you know, it does get us, our bearings back under us. You know, we don't have to bring the pit box and all that stuff, all that, all the stuff that goes with it. But yet, it's, it's just enough for us to get into a rhythm, right? And so um, there's value for the teams in that aspect. Now, there's zero value as far as like, you know, from an economical sense for us, right? I mean, we likely will, you know, knock the front end off and all this. It's it's just a bad economic proposition for us. And, but, you know, we were sold on it that, hey, this is a investment uh, to, you know, get, you know, get some energy going and the ratings back that up at least for the first you know couple of years. So um, hopefully that, that does continue because you know, I think we're, we're in for a great season. I, I certainly think that uh, the competition field is wide open um, and you just, you just don't know. I mean, last year, no one saw Blaney come. Netflix didn't see Blaney come until episode three or four. I can tell you that. So, <laughs> so I mean, it was, it just, 
you just never know nowadays. And, and so, um, yeah, it's, it's, it is what it is. I asked Jeff this on our podcast. I said this today on our podcast with Jeff. I said, I think you can make a reasonable case for about a dozen drivers to win the championship because of the format, because of the uncertainties, because of what they, their mm-hmm. pedigree are. Is, is that a fair number in your mind off the top of your head? My, I, I get asked this question a lot. I've always said that there's nine. There, I thought that there was nine drivers that um, were capable of winning a championship. Um, now, since I said that nine, I think a few more have emerged as contenders. There's a difference in a contender, and there's a difference in one that can go all the way, right? Um, Blaney, you know, even before this year, he was always on that list of nine that he, he can go all the way. He's certainly he's with a good enough team and the resources. He's a definitely a talented enough driver. He's always been on the list, right? Um, I probably, you know, since then, you know, you, you probably add Chastain, you know, For from, sure. from the historical list. Now we lost Harvick. So that yep. one drops. So what about Busher? Brad? I see that as a very popular pre-race out on a limb championship four. Busher makes a championship four. Um, I, I think I need to see. Did he get to the round of eight? Yeah, he did. Yep. What, he just wasn't wasn't spectacular. They kind of they kind of lost a little bit of their, they, their steam. They, they a lost, bit, but he can win on a lot of different tracks. Yeah. Well, he did, right? He won three in a row, right? Yeah, three ovals in a row. There were yeah. some road courses. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I can see that as a good dark horse. I mean, Busher, yeah. yeah, I've, I've sang his praises for a very long time on his super speedway. I, I think he's one of the best. I just quietly one of the best, right? Um, I don't know the verse Brad. I think he probably has the upper hand, you know, who beats who on a weekly basis. He just barely, they're always together, but it's like, he's just always just a, a, a spot or two. Right. <laughs> so sure. If you think Brad is a championship threat, how could you not consider Busher? Can I, ask That's, you, I mean, I, I'm talking myself right into it right now. Can I ask you one more name that we kind of debated a little bit? Yeah. What about Reddick? I yes. think he. I think. I think yeah. he is. Yeah, I think he is. I mean, certainly, when I look at you know last year, there's a few guys that I think will absolutely take a jump from last year. Um, Reddick, you know, came up. He he just I think the short tracks is he knows he's got to improve on the short tracks. Um, and that is a big part of getting to the championship four. And, and again, that the struggles kind of went beyond just Martinsville, right? Even at Phoenix, it was just, yeah, you know, just not really, not really there. So I, I think he knows, you know, where he's got to work. Um, you know, so I, I think absolutely the guy can make it to the final four. Certainly the talent is there. Pit crews will continue to get better. I said this is going to be a long process. It is a long process building your own pit crews and all that stuff. So he is he's in that as well. I think if I had to write them down, there's going to be ten. I won't. I I'm not going to disclose to you every name on that list because <laughs> I've already I, made the list. You did. <laughs> yeah. um, let me see it. I'm it's not gonna, pretty easy. This is nine. Okay. Uh, who, but I feel. But I, because somebody will be left out and and the feelings will be hurt. Um. Yeah, those for sure. Absolutely. Okay, well, that's um, nine. <laughs> can I see the nine? 
Yeah. Uh, so I think. Oh, I lost my audio. That's my fault. It's just problem is I can't hear myself. That's a first. Um. But anyway, I think Logano takes the, one of the biggest jumps. Um, as far as contender, you know, if you, if you just want to talk about who's going to gain the most in the point standings from last year to this year, Austin Dillon has got it. He, he has to. Yeah. I mean, he was, it was just bad. 10 right? DNFs. That was, yeah, that's a big number. And on top of that, he just, just wasn't in the top five or 10 that much. And so I think he's needs to improve, you know, I don't know, 10, 12 positions. I mean, I, I don't know what would be, consi- you know, what would be uh, considered appropriate. You know, I mean, how much, you know, can he really jump um, if he can win a race somehow? He, I mean, he has before, um, you know, he could make it in the top 16. But I just think as far as like who's going to be the contenders week in, week out, I think Logano just had an off year last year. It was, it, I found it just so very interesting and in, in that we, we, we kind of wrote Penske off as they're just not fast enough. And they just didn't have, they weren't going to beat the Hendrick and the Gibbs cars on speed and all that. And that was so true until it wasn't, right? But there was only one of them, right? And that was what is so intriguing to me is that in a world where everything is the same, and we know for a fact that the 22 and the 12, they they had the, the equipment did not change between the two of them but only one car really stepped up those last six races we talked about this a lot on our podcast um and you can hear now on dirty mo um you look at penske they haven't had a great organizational wide dominant season probably since 2020 like they've they've got they've hit on it like joey obviously hit on it ryan obviously hit on it but when was the last time we talked about the Penske cars week in and week out are the cars to beat? We talk a lot about Gibbs. We talk a lot about Hendrick. At times it was Chastain. But when is it like, wow, these Penske cars, you got to go through them. It's not been the case. It's been one or the other. It hasn't been an organizational wide thing. It's very odd because we talk a lot about the others, but we don't talk about them in that same manner. And it's been the case. Yeah. I mean, it's just whatever they found, it, does it start the new season that way, right? I mean, if so, then, I mean, that they could just set the world on absolute fire. Um, Who's your favorites? I mean, if you had a set of Final Four right now, who you got? You ain't going to hurt my feelings. Go ahead, Jeff. Well, I I can break your heart in two seconds. I'm not not picking you to win the championship anymore because that's just... It just just doesn't work. (laughs) No, I mean, I could pick you to win the regular season championship, but like to say, oh, yeah, you're going to make the Final Four there's going to be at some point, it feels like a piano falling out of the sky that has nothing to do with you lands on your car. And then my pick is ruined. So, you know, what's, what's the point? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's fair. So, I, 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 it's a fair, <laughs> you, you can only play the same numbers on the lotto ticket so many times. You're just like, it, it's not going to hit. So I got to move on. <laughs> <laughs> Here's you know, Benny again, so whining much- about oh. not <laughs> <laughs> So much of this, is scary to pick at this part of the year because you don't know how good right. the Toyotas are going to be with the new well, car. That's what makes it hard. Gonna be. Yeah. So, I mean, if I had to sit here today, I mean, it's hard to picture Byron dropping off. It's hard to picture Larson dropping off unless Chevys are way off compared to the other two. So it's like, I kind of want to put both them in 
And then like, I, I just, I don't really trust like the Fords consistently. It's, it's hard to be like, oh yeah, Lagana or Blaney again. Cause I don't know where that comes from. So I almost want to just say like, maybe like Bell is, is continuing to prove. And then you, if nothing happens, but that's a big if. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I've, I mean, I'm kind it, of tempted to put Reddick in, but yeah, I, I, I think all is fair. Um, bounce back season. Also, let, let me just let me just talk on some bounce back guys. Alex Bowman. I think he was hurt. My that's my personal opinion. I'm not a doctor or anything, but I went through a very similar injury. I I it was probably very likely he was not a hundred percent in his car control feel um through the regular uh when he came back um i think that he has a bounce back season uh makes i think he makes the playoffs i think he probably wins a race certainly yeah, I, I would probably put him down as winning a race um he should you know i with when you have you know you drive for hendrick motorsports there's expectations of winning a race it, it's very modest ones right but I think, you know, it's easy to write him off based off of results from last year. I don't think that that's fair. I think he needs a little bit bigger sample size. Uh, let him prove himself this year um, and, and bounce back. So my biggest bounce backs is going to be, um, you know, Austin Dillon from a points perspective, Joey Logano, Alex Bowman. What about Chase Elliott? Yeah. Where does Carr finish in the regular season or in the championship? Because, okay, so, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's hard. I, I left him out. I, I shouldn't. I shouldn't have left him out. But I just, I, I just gave him a buy, and didn't say, oh, he had a season. He, he was again. The guy was hurt. He missed races. Um, they just didn't win, and then they probably made aggressive calls we know in a few races to try to get the win and they chase 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 next thing you know it's no different you, you go for it on your own 30 if you don't get it well then you just gave up 20 you know seven more and points. now you got to be even more aggressive because yeah. you're in an even bigger yeah. hole yeah and so they were behind the eight ball right from the beginning uh so yeah i mean chase is going to win multiple races in 2024 i would i would probably book that um so I, I see bounce backs from all of them. You know, I just consider, okay, he was gone. I considered him finishing 10th in points. You know what I mean? So that's why I didn't put him in the total bounce, the big bounce back pool. What is the outlook for Toyota this year with the new design, the new nose? Is that going to make Toyota better? Like, should we put more stock into, into Toyota drivers going into 2024? I mean, we think so, right? I mean, you... Like these guys, I mean, we almost fly as much blind as these the media does in their speculation on trying to figure out who's who's going to be good. Because while we certainly wouldn't change things if we didn't think it was better, um, this was the first opportunity that you know we got to build a car, and the rules didn't change on us right in the middle of winter. You know, so everyone built um, their their next gen cars, right and right before 2022 but then we started cutting holes in the windshield and the in the back windows and shortening the spoiler and cutting horsepower and next thing you know everyone's like well this isn't what i submitted for a car you know and so chevy was the last to get the update um 
in 2022. So they had the most up-to-date based off of the rules that they knew, right? And so then when then we had an update, um, you know, to some minor things uh, with the front of our cars last year. And then, you know, with a new Camry XSE coming out um, on, on the production line, you know, it was time for Toyota to do a complete overhaul, which is what they did. So we, I mean, we cross the fingers and hope, but we would think that certainly it would be better and more suited to the rules that we know. He's, I, I, he's the expert. I defer to him. <laughs> I, when it comes to t- cars and, and parts yeah, yeah. and pieces, I know nothing. Yep. Um, well, uh, oh, hey, there. Are they gonna? They're gonna run this electric car this yeah. weekend, right? They, uh, yeah, they're gonna have a, a demo run, if you will. Hmm. That'll so, be interesting to see, it's right? A, it's a. I saw it. Um, it's it's different. It's it looks different. It looks very different. Which that's fine. But I, I think it looks. But it does actually have more characteristics to a stock car. I agree. Than I thought because I, I didn't know what to expect. I kind of had an image in my head, mm-hmm. but then I saw it. I'm like, you know what? That's actually not as far in left field as I thought it might be. Yep. I, I, I agree. Um, you know, how you, I think it's, uh, it's one of those things where we were like, holy, you know, this was a year ago, maybe. Yeah. A year ago, a year and a half ago, they said, Hey, we're thinking about doing a exhibition electric race last in, during last year's clash. Right. They were talking about doing a couple races. Right. And it, wasn't it was just like, one. Whoa, wait a minute. What the hell? Where's that from? But then not, not NASCAR's fault. It's the OEM. They're all split on what is the That's future the thing, and that is the thing, right? Is that we're not going to invest all this money in this if that's not even the future of driving and there or are transportation. And I got to be careful when I say this because again, this is kind of going down a road I'm not 100 percent comfortable in. But like from the conversation I've had with folks on the OEM side, they I don't want to say having second thoughts about the mm-hmm. electric stuff, but they're having a they're questioning maybe a little bit of like, is this the right thing? Is this the future? Is this something that's going to actually be around in what form in 10 years? You know, the, the challenge certainly is that what it's starting to come out in, there's just not enough minerals. You can't, there's just not enough batteries that can be produced to go all electric. And so it's not actually feasible. If it did work, would it um, help the bottom line of teams? Like, would it be cheaper to, to go this route? I, I don't think so. I mean, I think all the parts would probably be, it would be about the same. Um, you know, uh, everyone's, you know, this is probably a little NASCAR 101, but I, I feel as though, you know, not every team's engine deal is the same, right? They might be the same engines, but some teams pay for them. Some teams do not. Some people get more information than others. Um, as far as simulations and stuff, but you're looking at a probably the most level playing field you've ever seen in NASCAR from a aerodynamic perspective, from a horsepower perspective. Um, it's just a matter of who's got to pay for it and who who does not. Um, if it was electrification, you probably would have the same thing. Like hey, you got to buy the components, and Team A does not, and that's just because the the manufacturers only have so many resources that they can give away um, and they do that to their top top flight teams. I think this is so overblown this whole thing because it's it's like 
the the fans are being triggered by imagining formula e oh i know and the golf cart sounding stuff and it's very disorienting <laughs> with no sound and i just don't i cannot envision a scenario where nascar goes yeah we're gonna have cars running around with no sound like it sounds like they went to japan and saw these hydrogen they powered cars race and they had a real engine sound and they in this preseason briefing we had with them they seemed much more interested in doing mm -hmm. that with whatever they use, you know, SUV series or whatever yep. it's going to be, than having an electric. I mean, I think this electric one is what they have now. But like, I wouldn't. If you're a fan, that's like, oh my gosh, I the day they go silent is the day I leave NASCAR. Like, yeah, I think they would agree with you. They they don't right. want that. Right. Um, yeah. Especially I, I, after Lamar, sure. like they got all the feedback from Garage Fifty Six. These cars are loud. That's America, and they're like, yeah, we are. You know. <laughs> What were you going to say, Jordan? It just feels like this is this is late to the thing. I mean, yeah. if this would have been five, six years ago, this is probably when you should have really pushed it. Now it feels like you're if you go down this road, you're you're getting into the party late, and the party's going to be dead. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and again, it, nobody wants to speculate and make that kind of investment on a speculation of what is the actual future of uh, transportation. Like I, I hate to even say driving now because I. I don't know. I don't know. We're supposed to have flying cars by now. Is what I was told in 1995, but <laughs> but we don't. So I don't know. I mean, we, we're liable to be just driving around these combustion engines for the next 50 years. Eh? Who knows? If you go to electric, you can just put a bunch of panini cards in the spokes, and you'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> well, uh, y'all want to have a dear Denny or something? Yeah, yeah, I have, some I have a, qu I have a question, question for you. Yeah, just on our notes here, we have that the 11 car has a new lead engineer this year. I'm mm. curious how uh, a change in a lead engineer affects the team because that's kind of a, a position swap that we really don't hear about. You hear about crew chiefs right. moving teams, but like how much of an effect does lead engineer have? Is that like the yeah. offensive coordinator <laughs> it for is. a football team? It is. That's a very good analogy, and it it's... It broke my heart. I, I lost my engineer, uh, my lead engineer for the last, I hate to be wrong on this, but I don't know, 10 years. Um, he was with Wheels back in the day. I mean, he, he's just been part of the fold of the 11 team for a very long time. But, you know, he's he wants to be a crew chief, right? And the typical program within Joe Gibbs Racing, if you want to be a crew chief, is that if you, know, you kind of work your way through the engineering program, you then became, become a lead engineer on a cup team. And then you go back down to Xfinity to learn how to manage people. Uh, and then you come back up. You know, you get called back up when the opportunity arises. I don't know that I agree with that philosophy anymore because the Xfinity cars are so different from cup cars. And if you go back down to Xfinity, you're losing up-to-date information of what's going on in the cup engineering world for a year at least yeah he could be down there for many many years you just never know um but you know sam he was he was a huge part of our team hate to lose him but you know we we brought up you know joe gibbs racing is it's been so good about hiring from within so we brought someone up one of the engineers from uh brandon jones's car um up to be uh, uh one of our engineers we moved ryan bowers who was our uh, second engineer now up to lead uh, so pr all promotions from within and part of that process but it is it's these are one of the things that we hear about 
in other sports. The offensive coordinator for this is taking the head coaching job from there. That happens in NASCAR all the time. You just don't hear about it because, you know, how many people knew about Sam McCauley, right? So it's just it's just very very different in that aspect. Uh, but yeah, it's it's uh it's going to be cool for him. Um, I think he's with Sheldon Creed um, over there. So I think they're going to win lots of races. I think they're going to be really really strong. That would be my sleeper pick. Uh, in Xfinity. Dear Danny, we've got some questions that we want to ask. Dear Danny, we need answers and we need them fast. We tried to ask Junior, but his answers were lame. And with DBC, it was more of the same. Now we're calling on you, because you're our only hope. This ain't the racetrack, so maybe you won't choke. Dear Danny. All right. <laughs> nice. Sorry, Jeff. <laughs> It'll bring Jeff. Jeff will be brought into the... Oh, okay. I haven't vessel. seen... This is not on my sheet. Please proceed. Oh, okay. Well, we'll... All right. We'll lead with, with Dear Jordan. Uh, and that's... Jordan, have you picked out any outfits for Jeff to wear to Daytona Oh, that's right. So I knew... I figured this was going to come up because um, this you frequently does. And I will actually give you guys... <laughs> Jeff has not seen this, so I'm going to show you. Sneak peek. He won't oh, see no. this. I, this. I'm not saying this is going to be the outfit, but I'm thinking that this is very, very likely going to be the outfit. If you want to pass that along, okay. you can. Oh, Lord. I feel like I've seen you wear this, Jordan. I, that, I think Jeff would look great in that. I think it is a stylish effective outfit i and i told him earlier i think his wife will look at him differently in a m- much well to say differently way i think that's a good outfit <sighs> to your benefit jeff it does complement your physique well yeah and it, it's not nearly as bad as it could have been can you just look <sighs> jordan okay. can you please excuse yourself to go to the bathroom go to denny's <laughs> closet get one of those outfits that he was wearing to the Travis Scott concert. <laughs> at least something like that he's got plenty of stuff yeah. You don't even have to take the shoes, even though we know how now he has how many shoes he has. Just take something how many, from his closet. Jared, what, what was the number? It's like 532 or something. Wow. Holy crap. I respect that what so much. What was interesting, though, about that is that I, I've, of course, gotten tons of comments from the shoe collection uh, reel that we did, is that that's only from the last four years. I get boxes of stuff every month, right? And so I go through it and I pick through. It might be one shoe, you know, for 10 years, I would pick one shoe out of every 10. Well, finally, I'm like, I'm just going to keep everything. I'll keep all the stuff that I don't want to personally keep in a warehouse. And then one day I'll give it to my kids and I don't know, they'll sell it or whatever the hell they want to do with it, right? Or, or bring out dad's old Jordan collection and then just have a heyday with their friends when they get older. That's what they probably should do. Um, so this is just what I've collected over this, that, this four year period so now is, is jeff fitted for for that i got some measurements oh you did because yeah, so. that's very key that he yeah fits that properly yes very key so i'm very did, skeptical that this is i have no you're idea you're gonna what look this good is. did you're you gonna look who'd good. you get the measurements from he gave them to me oh you okay well i mean I was, he said what's your waist size so i told him but then he's like what's your jacket size and i'm like i don't uh, here's shoe a jacket size this is what it i gotta says buy shoes it, but i'm not measured so you you you're footing the bill for this? Yeah. Okay. To be fair, Jeff, I don't think Jordan is trying to make you look foolish. No. Like you're not wearing no. chain, chain link okay. pattern no. jeans. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're gonna look good. You won't look foolish. Okay. Okay. You'll, you, I, I guess. 
Come on, that's a good looking <laughs> outfit, guys. I'm sorry. No, I know, I know, I know. Now, is this because of the the pole that like yeah. you were cheating on? I wasn't cheating. He was. I played in the gray area. You were in the dark shaded area. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was that was uh, that was pushing it. Uh, <laughs> what, what's your feeling on this, Jared? With by was Jordan by asking the public, what, what was your you were like, would you think or something yeah, like just, that? I went, yeah. uh, just want some feedback. What's your on feelings the about yeah. this race? Yeah. And then he would use that information one to time. then one oh, time, one time. Oh, it's just once. It was only once. No, but then he said he was. Then he started texting people, asking them once he got in trouble for it. And he was texting people whether what they thought. So, so yeah, they had on the teardown. They give a, I, I know the the percentage of like yeah. what do you think the good race I, is going to be? The he's an very aware. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, do I think it's fair that he does that? I mean, if it's not, uh, he's in the close rule book. to you, but I'll stick up for you if he wants to fight. <laughs> if it's not in the rule book, maybe you just add that to the rules this year, Joe. Yeah. Amen. Twelve dash one dash two. Then he didn't. <laughs> Then he didn't hear me though when I said that Jeff, you're 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 not going to look foolish. It's not chain link pattern jeans. Yeah. As well, long as I don't look like a clown, I mean that's no, probably a plus because no, no, my expectations no. are pretty low. So yeah. you know. No, you're not well, going to look like a clown. All right. Well, wait, wait, dear Denny, real quick. Oh, another one. Yeah. Well, you didn't. Oh, you dear Denny, one. you dear Jordan. Right. <laughs> How yeah. much input will you have when it comes to the wedding plans? Listen, it took me 15 years to get to the step. Can we just take one step at a time? <laughs> why, 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 why we always got to fast forward to, oh, what's next? It's like, hey, we just saw a great race, and it's like, oh, well, we got we to gotta do it bigger. We got to do it better next week or next year. Like, it, let's just soak this all in, guys. Let's just, let's just enjoy the moment. I think for every year you dated, you had another year for how long until the wedding actually is. So you should have, the wedding shouldn't be for like another 15 years. Oh man, Boy, Jordan! I, it's I, a wonder you're I don't not know married. if I, I, I don't, I don't know if I'm gonna make it that long. <laughs> that's a that's a long time. Um, or maybe uh, a month for every year. There you go. Just keep kicking the can down the road. That's right? all you gotta do. That's the secret. Jeff, is that a reasonable timeline? You think a, a month for every year that you waited? Or I mean, it's probably gonna take about a year to plan it right anyway, right? So mm. I, I mean, not... I, the good news is I don't overdo anything um <laughs> and, <laughs> and it will be just a very low key totally way. understated yes. way way absolutely we didn't even get into ray shop updates in this in this podcast that'll have to wait for that that'll have to wait for sure uh, uh, is your shoulder is your shoulder we're good That's the last i mean it, it's not good it's this is it was it's going to be six months before i'm like really really good um i'm in the sim now uh, we're slowly working reps into it. Uh, you know, I ran 220 some laps on a mile and a half, um, you know, last, last week, not in a row. Like I, I got to take some breaks in there. Um, and it was pretty fatigued, but I think the clash is actually almost a good warm up because it's just short enough and God knows we can't have any green flag racing there. So, um, it's, I think it'll be a good warm up, and I'll be stronger when we get to Daytona. So uh the shoulder is good I, I can tell you this for an absolute fact it is going to be better than it ended last season last season was a absolute nightmare that's such Boy, a good you can really tell that full speed too. 
It was Sorry, bad. I can't, I can't even hear Jordan, which is a blessing. So I can't tell when I'm talking over him. But uh, <laughs> no, I was going to say you can really see in full speed that that that's one thing that I thought was more behind this. Like I don't think that you were as public about it with the media. Like oh my gosh, like how much you couldn't even lift it as you see in the show. Like how bad it really. Like I don't think we realized the extent of it until pretty late. Um, maybe yeah, even I mean after some the of, season, right? Because I. A lot of it is you know, probably ego driven of like, I don't want to create any excuse. Like, I, I mean, if the, the power steering doesn't break, we still may, we still were good enough. You know, my crew chief will bang his head against the wall because even last night we're talking in his office and then it's just like, you know, damn it. I knew you were not a hundred. I knew you were not a hundred percent. And you kept telling me I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. But I wasn't, but there's nothing I could have done about it. You know, it, it's just, this is something that I put off and I, I put it off so late that I ended up doing major, major damage to it. Um, you know, the, a few days before the Vegas playoff race. And when I did it, I knew I was, f***ed, but it was nothing I could do about it. And we just had to deal with it. But I, I did not want it to be a, an excuse whatsoever we didn't make it just because of various reasons. Maybe I wasn't good enough or whatever, but uh, but it, it sucks. I feel really good about this year being in a better physical place than I was for the last two years. Um, and that goes with like road course racing, everything. There's, there's just no doubt there was some fatigue going on uh, in some races that I just didn't, you know, uh, where I feel that I'm 100%. If, I hate to say it, but if you're not as physically strong on lap 200 as you are lap one everything is a little slower and so um you know certainly i feel good about where we're going to be this year with that before we wrap up this review comes from kcdc underscore east this show is a great window into the nascar world i hope more drivers follow suit denny keep up the great work and go get that title this year lifelong nascar fan new 11 fan i-o-f-y-d-h <laughs> so, hey they're not giving up on me jeff you quitter I, i've been through long enough <laughs> long enough I've, hey, I've learned my lesson sorry right you, you just you end up after martinsville or phoenix every year with your hands in your head like me just like where did it all go wrong again, again? <laughs> exactly <laughs> so hey breaking news though i love we do a little breaking news every time I O F Y D H. It's, it's our freaking year. Uh, Denny it was. It started with L F G D H. Okay, we know what that means. Then it was I. What is it? I Y O F. I O F Y. Yeah. Okay. So it's our next. I don't know about next week, but certainly before the season, Daytona 500, we will debut the new rallying cry. <laughs> And I, I need I need the people behind me on this. I'm gonna wear the shirt or hoodie on Actions Detrimental. It will then go on sale. But all I can say is y'all better be ready because this this is it. <laughs> this is it. Running out of rallying cries. <laughs> Running out of rallying cries. <laughs> Running out of rallying cries. Like, well, hey, like like my friends say, hey, we can always. Make another hat. So we're, gonna, we're just going to have to make another hat. So uh, that'll come out in a few weeks. And uh, 
yeah, we'll we'll see you guys post clash and uh, get ready for the Daytona 500. Jordan, thank you thank for you. joining. Jeff, thank you from afar. You're on the other side of the country. Appreciate your virtual presence and uh, appreciate everyone tuning in. Be sure to rate, review, and follow wherever you get your podcast. That includes the new Dirty Mo Teardown. Hey, too. we got to tell them. We, we got a new place to find us now, I'm right? About, okay. Do you read the note? <laughs> Sorry, you're the reader. Go ahead. Go ahead. Also, we have a brand new YouTube page, so make sure to go subscribe to it. That's Actions Detrimental on YouTube. We also link it in the show description down below. Um, and full videos will be going there first this year. So you no longer have to wait till Friday for the full video version of this podcast. Sweet. It'll be, it'll be out with the audio version or shortly after it. Wow. All right. You guys behind the scenes at Dirty Mo, you're going to be doing some heavy uh, legwork on the editing, getting it out quick. So thank you all and uh, look forward to the season. Make sure you tune in to the Teardown every Sunday night right after the race on Dirty Mo's channel. Check out Dirty Mo Media. Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram.